If you're looking for ways to prioritize your health and fitness, run more efficiently, understand food, and somehow fit it all into a fun and family-centered life, you're in the right place. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us today on another episode of the Real Life Runners Podcast. This is episode number 27, and today we're going to talk a little bit about food. We've been doing a lot lately on running and um, kind of finding your motivation and all those mental aspects of running. And today we're going to talk a little bit more about food and healthy eating and kind of explain some of the new eating trends that are out there in the marketplace. No, oh, there's so many terms. And you walk up to anybody, they're like, oh, how how's eating going? If anybody mentions food, they name off 17 different diets that they've been on and tried and all these different terms. Right. I mean, a lot of runners... I mean, I should, maybe I shouldn't say a lot, but definitely there's a, there's runners out there that get into running because they want to lose weight. So... Eating is definitely something that a lot of runners think about, both if they're trying to lose weight and even just to try to maximize their performance and become faster runners. You know, eating is something that we should all be thinking about as athletes. Right. I mean, and there's two major different aspects to this. There's there's eating when you're actually, you know, taking in normal meals with people around you. And then there's what I think is better known as fueling, which is any sort of like food that you're trying to get while you're racing. Right. But we're not really going to talk too much about that today. No, not We're so just going to talk about, you know, real life eating. So one thing that I know I have been very conscious about as a mother of two girls is the word diet. I grew up jumping from diet to diet because I was always overweight and very self-conscious about my body. And so I was always on some sort of diet growing up. I was a child of the 90s, so I did a lot of the fat-free and low-fat and all of that hype. I even, unfortunately, took diet pills at one point in high school, which I got in a lot of trouble for. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was always some sort of, of diet program that I was willing to try in order to try to lose weight. So when I became a mom of girls, I wanted to make sure that they have a positive body image of themselves. And I wanted them to love their bodies and cherish their bodies and look at their bodies as something that allows them to do whatever it is they want to do. It's not something that they should ever, ever, ever be ashamed of. And so I've been very conscious of my use of the word diet. And even when I still try new things with my eating, my diet, I never say that I'm on a diet. I That's one big distinction I think that I want to make. Yeah, you, you, I don't think I've ever heard you use the phrase on a diet. And it's it's really like the word diet itself. Most people have this connotation of of restrictive diets, right? Whereas diet simply is the food that you're taking in, right? I actually even asked this to our eight year old this morning. I said, "Have you ever heard mommy say the word diet or use the word diet?" And she said, "Yeah, I have." And I kind of was a little taken aback because I thought yeah, I saw you. You right? you got worried. You got worried real quick. I did because <laughs> you know I've been very conscious about not using that word. And I said, "Well, well, what do you mean? Like, when have you heard me use it?" And her response was, 
mommy, a diet is just the way that we eat. And I go, okay. And she's like, it's just the food that we choose to eat. That's the diet. And I was like, okay, good. You've, <laughs> you've, you've got, got it. it. Yes. <laughs> that is, that is what I've been trying to convey. And that is what she has received. So that was a win. Right. Because all these other, you know, diet plans, follow this, follow that. One of the key things that creates the, you know, the magic plan that's going to work for you is, is its restriction, restrictive nature. Right. You're restricting something, no matter what it is, whatever diet plan you're on, you're restricting calories, you're restricting carbs, you're restricting fat, protein. I mean, there's so many now and we're, we're going to get into all of, maybe not all of them because who knows how many there are out there, but we're <laughs> going to get in, right. We're going to get into a lot of the popular ones right now and just kind of help define those for you guys in case you've heard these terms and aren't quite sure exactly what they mean. Because I've done a lot of research over the past couple of years as we have tried to clean up our eating and clean up our diet. That um, So it, it, it can be very, very confusing because it there's... It can be very overwhelming is what it is. Yeah, I, I guess confusing is the wrong word. Overwhelming because there's so much out there and every single one of them claims that they're the right way to, to be. And if you talk to enough people, you find somebody who's been successful on almost any of them. Any of them, absolutely. And until they weren't. And then they went to a different one and they were successful on that one, mm-hmm. which just means you're just jumping continuously and always restricting something in your life. Yeah. And I think that another thing that I find to be very interesting about the, the new diet trends out there it's not just the food and the eating that people are changing. I feel like with a lot of these different ways of eating, people take it on as almost an identity. You know, if you're paleo or if you're, if you're vegan or if you're gluten-free, there's all these different things. And people almost take it on like an identity and like a badge of honor in a way. Yeah. Would you agree? Oh, completely. It's it's a point to be be proud of. Oh, no, I've got a complete paleo diet. And and then you go through and you try and ask them what that is and you're like, "Oh, well, I'm I'm kind of paleo myself." Right. And but I don't I don't like the label on anything because yeah. as soon as you put a label, then it's like, "Oh, well, what if you have something that's outside of of that rule box? Yeah. Should you feel bad about yourself?" And I'm I'm going to say, "No, you should not feel bad about yourself but no a lot matter of what you just do. ate." A lot of people do though. Right. You know, that's part of the issue with some of these That's plans. a huge one. So I think we've already hit one, um paleo what what the heck is that? Okay, so the paleo diet can be known by a couple different things. It can be known as the caveman's diet or a hunter-gatherer diet or the primal diet. Prim- I like to use that one because it sounds cool. Primal nutrition. Yes. Yeah. Makes you sound very rough and tumble. Yes. So basically the concept <laughs> behind paleo is that our bodies are not as evolved as we thought that they were and that the grains and the processed carbohydrates and those kind of things that we eat and that make up so much of our diet nowadays are actually not well tolerated by our body and that grains and those kind of things can cause inflammation in the body and in the gut and cause a whole host of of problems in, in the body. So people that pretty much live by the paleo lifestyle, there, there's a lot of different variations on paleo now. Okay, so there's a there's a lot of interpretation, but there if you is. went very strict paleo, right. you're basically one you have to kill everything with a spear. Right. <laughs> but but predominantly what are you actually eating in the caveman diet? Okay, so basically you 
the emphasis for a lot of paleo is high quality everything, right? You want to eat high quality protein. So that's eating more grass fed, pasture raised types of animals. Um, specifically a lot of red meat, I think they eat a lot of. They eat chicken and that kind of things too, but they do tend to focus a lot on on beef and lamb and those kinds of um, animals when, when they choose their proteins. So high quality though. And dinosaurs. And dinosaurs. <laughs> um, so, they, so basically meat, a lot of meat. And nothing processed. Not You don't want to be eating things that are filled with a lot of chemicals, nitrates, like they eat a lot of bacon. A lot of, you know, paleo people eat a lot of bacon, but it's the high quality bacon. It's the ones without the nitrates added, without, you know, the, the, the pigs were all living in a spa and that kind of thing. Yes, there was a guy massaging the pig right before they <laughs> slaughtered it. <laughs> right. So it's high quality protein. And then a lot of fruits and vegetables. And they basically do not eat grains, of any sort, and legumes they consider to be um, not well tolerated by the body. And so legumes also includes peanuts and peanut butter, and so that just doesn't sound like fun. It wipes out beans, right? Like that's Legumes. That's, that's legumes. Yeah, those are beans. Okay, but um, can, I eat, uh, can I eat milk, dairy? Uh, dairy. Some, it depends. The strict paleo, no. Strict, okay. strict paleo says no dairy as far as I understand it. So my cheeseburger lost both its bun and its cheese. Right, yes. That does not sound as fun. <laughs> but I can cover it with bacon. Yeah, you can cover it in bacon. Can yes. I eat eggs? Um, I think that in strict paleo, I think the answer is yes. Okay. Okay, because I, like I said, I've read a lot of different things. And so now there are people that can still consider themselves paleo, but they do eat beans and legumes and some grains if prepared properly. So if they're sprouted or fermented or soaked and those kind of things. Because the big thing that people that don't eat grains, the big thing against grains that they talk about are that grains have these what they call anti-nutrients. And there are different, uh, you know, there's lectin and saponins and all these different kinds of quote-unquote anti-nutrients. And they say that those are present in the outer husk of the grain. So by sprouting or fermenting or soaking, that helps to kind of break all those things down and the body can tolerate them better. So this is when you go to the bread aisle and you see the stuff that's called sprouted green bread. That's mm-hmm. where that came from. It's because the paleo person wanted a sandwich. So they made it, came up with bread that was close enough to something that they would tolerate. No, that I mean, the, the sprouted bread didn't come around just because of the paleo diet. The giant advertisement in two-for-one sale did. Well, possibly. But, I mean, you know, sprouted grains have been around for a long time. And, but and that's, they're delicious. And they are delicious. But that's the big thing. So with, with paleo, strict paleo, so, you know, no wheat products, no gluten, no rice, no millet, like all the ancient grains. They don't eat pretty much any grains as far as I understand it. Um, but the more... So what do you eat on the side of your of your steak? Because you clearly you're having a lot of steak with like a giant side of vegetables. Can you have potatoes? You sound very judgy right now. <laughs> Sorry. I'm judging of most things that, that label themselves as the blah, blah, blah diet. Right. Well, yes. So... You can – so lots of vegetables basically and as, as far as potatoes go, most 
Uh, I think strict paleo, you can do sweet potatoes, but they don't really advocate white potatoes. Gotcha. Um, but, you know, nowadays, like I said, th- this is all evolving. Yes. there's it's a, conti- it's a diet in flux. Right. Which is kind of funny in a way, like, and kind of ironic because they're basically saying that, like, we haven't evolved and now the paleo diet, diet itself, itself is evolving. Is evolving. But, you know. Well, that's the problem is uh, when it was a very strict, no, 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 this is what you can eat and this is the, the long list of things that you cannot eat – then people got on it and it worked, but it was so restrictive that it got to a point where, yes, this diet is helping me lose weight. It's helping me put on muscle mass, but I don't want to do it anymore. I'm pretty sure they don't drink either. Well, that no alcohol. does not fit my lifestyle. Yeah, that doesn't sound <laughs> doesn't fun. doesn't fit my Friday evenings. <laughs> Happy hour on Fridays is a, is a real thing around here. So... Um, that's pretty much what paleo All right. entails. Does that seem like you got a good idea? Yes, but in in discussing paleo, there's yeah. a couple things that I wanted to highlight. Specifically, gluten free. Well, okay. I mean, gluten free is is kind of a part of paleo, but it can also be its own entity. Right. I want to look at it just as its own entity. Okay. Let's say that you you eat most things out there but you're trying to maintain a gluten-free lifestyle. Right. What does that mean and why am I doing it? Okay, so the whole push on gluten in recent years basically all stemmed from people that have a condition called celiac disease or celiac disease. And basically their bodies cannot tolerate gluten and gluten is an extremely inflammatory product in their bodies. So it can cause all sorts of intestinal problems because they they can't process the gluten. So outside of that, there's a lot of people in the paleo world or in some of these other health worlds that are talking about how just inflammatory gluten and wheat are in general. So there's a lot of people that have chosen to be gluten-free that don't have celiac disease, but they've just chosen to be gluten-free because of the inflammatory nature of gluten and wheat. Right. And so with that, I can basically, I'm wiping out most of my bread. Right. I mean, they they make gluten-free bread, but... It doesn't taste good. Right. So gluten essentially, essentially is um, present in wheat products. Um, it's also present in barley and a couple of the other grains. Um, spelt is an ancient type of wheat. So there are a couple grains other than just plain old wheat that do have gluten in them. But a lot of the other grains are gluten-free. So rice is gluten-free. Oats, quinoa, millet, teff, amaranth. Uh, these are all forms of other grains that, that are gluten-free. Uh, one interesting one that I always kind of giggle at is buckwheat is actually gluten-free, even though the name, even though wheat is in the name, it's actually gluten-free. Yeah, but so far you've knocked out wheat and barley and rye, and so I think that's also ruining Friday night happy hour. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so wheat, barley, and rye all have gluten, and the ones that I just mentioned do not have gluten. So basically, you know, people go gluten-free, a lot of people go gluten-free because of celiac disease, which is an autoimmune form of essentially an autoimmune allergy to gluten. And now, like I said, there's just people that kind of do it because they think that they don't, that they shouldn't be eating gluten because it's inflammatory. Right, but it... 
it is actually inflammatory for some. For some people, it's really damaging. For others, they feel better without it. Right. And for others, they're just putting themselves on this restrictive diet because their friend is on it. Right, right. And it, it can be kind of like the sexy thing to do right yes. now. Yes, yeah. Gluten-free is definitely a hot term I out mean, there. I mean, there's so many, so many gluten-free products now. Of course. Out there on the, on the market shelves. So... So that's kind of what the the gluten free thing is about. Okay, um, let's let's take throw another term out there. How about the ketogenic diet? Okay, so ketogenic diet is has definitely gained in popularity lately, and the ketogenic diet but is not new at all. No, it's definitely not new. Um, this this diet was actually developed about a hundred years ago as a and actually even there's evidence of of this kind of thing from back in when they were writing on scrolls and stuff. Perfect. Ancient Egyptians, yeah. ketogenic. So the ketogenic diet was actually developed to treat children with intractable epilepsy. So seizures that did not respond to other things. Because back in the early 1900s, they didn't have medication to treat seizures. So you had to figure out other ways to treat them. And one of the things they did was try to try to mess with the diet. So Basically, the ketogenic diet is a very, very high-fat diet. You're eating at least 70% of fat in your diet. And so kind of the typical breakdown that you hear a lot of people eat is 70% fat, 20% protein, and 10% carbs when you look at the macronutrient breakdown of what your day looks like. So what does a meal look like on that? It's a a lot of, again... the paleo diet is can be a, a version of ketogenic diet. It, it doesn't have to be. It, it, it definitely, but the two are kind of similar. That you're eating, you know, the fattier cuts of of beef. Again, you want to go high quality for all of this stuff, and you're eating a lot of butter. You cook a lot in oil. There's a lot of nuts and, and things like that. Oh, avocado. Lot, lots of nuts and avocados is snack kind mm-hmm. of kind of food. That's mm-hmm. right. Because that'll get you a lot of fat in there. Right. And and deliciousness. Right. So the, the concept of ketogenic diet is that you're putting your body into a state called ketosis where your body then runs on these um, things called ketones instead of processing the carbohydrates into glucose, which is what happens when you eat carbohydrates and protein your body will break the fats down and break them into these things called ketones. And that's what it uses as an energy source instead of glucose. Right. Like if, if I've got this right, the, the body has a few different ways of coming up with fuel for it. Right. As long as, as there's glucose inside of the body, that's the easiest and fastest to burn. Right. And so it burns that first. You got it. But ketones, if you have enough of these guys present and you really cut down the amount of glucose in your body, it can run off of these ketones for a much longer period of time. Right. Because we have so many fat stores in our body that essentially there's a a limitless source of energy because your body starts to break down fat to use as its energy source versus relying on the carbohydrate intake that you're you know, that you're taking in with the food. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've seen more thoughts on this one when I was, you know, looking into marathon training and how to fuel inside of marathon training. Yeah. People are like, well, if you can flip your body to being ketogenic or in, into the state of ketosis, then you don't need to fuel at all. Cause you can run, you could run for 24 hours and not have to eat. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, 
okay, I'm I'm planning on being done before that. That right. sounds painful. Right. But-, but so that the concept of the ketogenic diet is basically that you're teaching your body how to become a fat-burning machine versus a sugar-burning machine. That's one of the big, um, you know phrases that they use. Yes, the fat burning machine. And right. so the huge restriction is not just like all carbs, like you really are, are cutting out basically all sugar. Sugar, that's for a, sure. That's a huge key. I mean, right. you're cutting out carbs in general because mm-hmm. they all inside of your body get transformed into sugar. Right. But you're you're not taking in any any like straight up sweets. Right. So the ketogenic diet, I mean, people that are very strict on this, they eat such low carbohydrates. Um, there are some people that even eat like, as little as like 5% carbs and um, they try to keep it under like 50 grams of, of carbohydrates a day, some even under 20 grams of carbohydrates a day. I think I had more than 20 grams of carbohydrates before breakfast today. Oh yeah, I'm sure you did. <laughs> yeah. So basically the, the ketogenic diet is, is a low carb, high fat diet and it's trying to teach the body how to, to burn fat more efficiently. All right, so there's one more major thing that I think that we should discuss, and that is, um, well, it's it's one category, but it's got some subcategories: vegetarian and vegan and plant based, and there's a few other terms inside of it, but it's all rooted in vegetables. Right. So just the term vegetarian basically means that you eat no meat, as far as I understand it. Yes, if it had a pulse, you don't take it in. Right, but a lot of vegetarians will eat dairy or eggs. There are different sects of vegetarianism, like they call themselves ovo-vegetarian, so those... Pescatarian, that's pescatarians, one. Pescatarians, right, they'll, they'll eat fish, um, and then the ovos eat eggs, and then they, um, what's the term for the da- the ones that eat dairy? Lacto. The lacto-vegetarians, they eat dairy and cheeses and those kind of things. So if you eat all those, can your title just be super long? Can you be like a lacto-ovo-pesca-vegetarian? That sounds like fun. I just, like, I don't eat cow. Like, can you just lead with that? Yeah. I, I prefer not to take in red meat. Well, and this is the issue with all the labels that people put on things. Of course. Right, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. So... That's kind of the vegetarian. So underneath that, there is vegan. And vegan is more restrictive because they eat no animal products whatsoever. So they don't eat any sort of dairy, any sort of eggs, um, butter, anything that anything that comes from an animal, vegans do not eat. And a lot of people that are vegan also do not use beauty products or clothing that have been tested on animals or have any sort of relation to animal welfare. It, it's more, a lot of vegans, I think, tend to go to, to this um, extreme because of their concerns for animal welfare. And so that's just, it's more than just what you eat. It's, it's a whole, it's a lifestyle, it's a whole lifestyle. It's a, it's a moral ethical code that says, I'm not doing anything if it made an animal not feel good. Right. And there are vegans, obviously, that don't go to that extreme, but and, and do it instead just for just for the health reasons. Um, but I think that a lot of times people tend to identify themselves with with veganism as as a movement, not just a way of eating. Yes, it's it's so much more than a way of eating. If you go vegan, you're probably doing it more as a way of life than just a way of food, right? So then there's the kind of the less extreme version of vegetarian, which is essentially plant-based. Right. So I like the way that Michael Pollan sums this one up in his books. And his manifesto, basically, his quote, the way that he likes to, to think about eating is, quote, eat food, not too much, mostly plants. It's brilliant. 
if if anybody comes up with with a, a guideline that is so simple that it doesn't have to have a million restrictions, it doesn't have to have 14 different rules, and this is okay, but this is not. He sums it up, and as long as you're generally going by that guideline, you're doing well. Right. So, you know, when you look at all of these different diets or, you know, ways of eating, they're... I mean, my biggest problem with that, with all of them is that they're just very restrictive. And for a lot of them, not all of them, but for a lot of them, they can be hard to sustain in the long term. For a lot of people, when you put tons of restrictions on yourself, it just doesn't work long term because eventually you're just going to get tired of restricting yourself. And that's why I think a lot of people end up on different yo-yo diets. And, you know, they try this diet, they try that diet, they, they jump back and forth. And there's a lot of diets that we haven't gone into. And we'll go through those in another episode. But if we were to try to cover them all, this episode would be way too long. So we just wanted to highlight some of the really big ones now and just define those for you guys so that in case there was any questions about what exactly is that, you know, this episode hopefully will help you. But Basically, you know, a lot of the the thing is it's where do you want to restrict yourself? That's where a lot of these diets differ. Yes. And I mean, a lot of the ones that we covered really are sort of like lifelong diets. Like there's some other ones that kind of came in more as a fad. My big re- issue with a lot of these diets, yes, they're they're restrictive in nature, but a lot of them when they came into existence, there was a good thought behind it. Like someone had a good idea to try and generally be healthier. And then more people said, yes, that's a great idea. And more and more companies jumped on board to try to make money off of it. Yeah. And as soon as the the goal of why you should eat this is so that someone can make money rather than so that you can be healthier, then I start having issues. Yeah, that's a very good point. I think that's excellent. But I think that, like I said, number one, restrictions a lot of time for people don't work. And number two, not everything, like the same thing doesn't work for everyone. So I think that's a big thing that to point out. There isn't one magical diet out there. You know, what works. Wouldn't that be so easy? Wouldn't it? Yeah. But, you know, what works for one person doesn't work for someone else. And there's a big difference just between male and female because of of the hormones that are involved. There's a, a huge variations and, you know, vitamin deficiencies and that kind of thing that go along with all of these different types of eating. So then you get issues of multiple people inside of the same household with different dietary needs. And one thing's working for one person, but a different method's working for somebody else. And everybody ultimately needs proper nutrition. Right. But everybody is getting there through a different method. Yeah. And I think that you know, kind of the the philosophy that we tend to live by is life is supposed to be awesome and food is supposed to nourish us. You know, food is also a big thing, especially in America. I mean, really all over the world, but there's food in social settings as well. And if you're constantly restricting yourself, oh, I can't eat that or I can't eat this, like that kind of takes the fun out of, of things if you go to a party or that kind of thing. You know, if there's a lot of things you, you can't eat. You can only say no to the birthday cake at so many birthday parties before it's like, oh, she doesn't eat cake over there. Right. And, and they, they put a, like a look towards you like, oh, maybe sometime you'll have a piece of cake. And it doesn't, it's not fun. Go, go have some dessert. It'll be okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, unless you have celiac disease. Unless In you that have case, celiac say disease. Say no to the birthday cake. But, you know, 
I think that that that's that's a big thing that we try to practice. We try to practice a whole food, plant based diet. We eat everything um, pretty much, but you, you just eat it in moderation, and you realize that. No, I shouldn't say you. I should say us, because you know what we, what we do is different than everybody. Um, but we kind of just try to, you know, practice that moderation in, in our life. Yeah, and I think one of the big ways to help, because I know I used to eat more processed stuff. I, I would go through a box of crackers. Like if you opened a box of crackers, I could finish it for you. Mm-hmm. And so one of the ways to try and restrict on that, and I know that I, I just went with restrict, which I don't want to do, but put good food in your house. Yeah. You know, if, if you're trying to take in good food, mostly whole food, then most of the food in your house should be in your fridge rather than your pantry. Right. Like then it's, it's whole foods, it's fruits and vegetables and things that need to stay fresh as opposed to something that has a shelf life. Yeah. The only restriction that you really need to have is at the grocery store, not to buy it. That's a good point. I mean, if it's not in your house, you're not going to eat it. I mean, and then when you go out to eat, then, you know, eat, eat things, you know, treat yourself sometimes like that's okay. If you treat yourself sometimes, just not maybe the entire box of Oreos or crackers every day. That's true. Yeah. So that's kind of what we wanted to kind of say. And hopefully this episode was helpful and kind of helped to clarify a couple of things. And basically the big takeaway is everybody's different and you need to find what works for you. The best advice I think that we can give is eat high quality food, you know, cut out the processed junk. I mean, when you look at all of the the diets that we just talked about today, one thing that they all have in common is cut out the processed food and eat high quality food. You know, the, the the grass-fed, the pasture-raised, the organic if possible, you know, eat higher quality things. And if that's not available to you, then do the best that you can. Yeah. Institute more vegetables, you know. Yes. Do the best that you can is also a good takeaway. Yeah. Because don't don't feel bad that you had to, that that was your food option. Right. It, if that's your food option, do the best that you can with what's available. Exactly. And and try not to get down on the dumps with it all either. You know, don't get overwhelmed by it. Don't get don't think that you're a bad person because you ate a piece of pizza. Yeah, you're not good or bad based off of the food that went into your mouth. Right. It's it's not like you are not your diet. You are a good person whether you did or did not have a bowl of ice cream. All right, so hopefully you guys found this episode helpful. And if you have any questions, come find us on social media. We have a Facebook group, and we'd love to have you be a part of that. And you can, you know, feel free to post your questions in there, and we'll be happy to answer them for you. You can come find us on Instagram, um, both Facebook and Instagram. We are at Real Life Runners. If you want, you can send us an email. You can shoot us an email at support at realliferunners.com. We'd be happy to answer any questions that you guys might have. Thank you so much for spending this time with us today and we will catch you guys next week.